The word maximize, make as large or great as possible or to make the best use of. Maybe you're feeling stuck, possibly needing a new direction or just need a little motivation to move the needle in your life to get you to the next level and to make the most of your relationships, business, success, and life itself. Well, that's you. Buckle up, strap in, and get ready. The Wolf and the Captain are about to maximize you. Hello there, this is Scott Morgan, otherwise known as The Captain, and this today is our newest segment called Three Questions with... dot, dot, dot. And for this first round of three questions here on Maximize You, I'm going to introduce you to my broadcast partner, the often imitated but never duplicated, one of a kind, the man with the plan himself, Mr. Richard Wolf. Wolf, how you doing today, my friend? Fantastic, brother. How are you? I am super fantastic, and that's not to try to get one up on you. That's just how I'm feeling today. Got you, but you're getting better too, I'm sure. Uh, right? Every single day. Got you. Better and better. Myself as well. Fantastic. So this whole the whole objective of this is as we as we bring people into this and we interview them uh, through our podcast episodes here at Maximize You, just three questions that we, we're going to ask of all of our interviewees to get a little bit of enlightenment, to get to know them a little bit, and also to help you as a listener to be able to grow from their example and the experiences and the things that they've been through. So Richard, today I just want to ask you in this short segment of three questions. I've got these three questions for you, sir. Question number one, uh, you know, you are experienced. <laughs> You've done a few laps around the sun. Um, what lesson did you learn early in life that you still find useful today? Actually, Scott, has been a few more, more than a few laps around the sun. You got a few on me there. Unfortunately, I'm about half a century now on the earth. Lord. But you are right. We, I have had a lot of experiences that I've really tried to learn from and go back and look at what I've done or what's been done, whether it was good, bad, or indifferent, and how can I use that to make myself better in the future? When you ask me that question specifically, the first thing that comes to mind is I had a stepfather that forget how the topic came up, but we were chatting one day, talking about vehicles and this and that. I had an old Datsun 510, first car, banana yellow. Boy, I love that sucker. I know. I forget what year it was, but it was a beauty. (laughs) And it was kind of a beater, but I mean, it ran well. I put some nice tires and wheels, and I really enjoyed it. But I was talking about getting something new once I graduated. And he was a okay guy. Wasn't a, I wasn't a big fan of his, let's put it that way. He had been in the Vietnam War through the Agent Orange stuff, had some you know mental stuff that he dealt with and saw the VA and took some meds for, but he would always get drunk and come talk to me about the truths and the half-truths that there were out there in <laughs> life and, and all these uh, philosophical topics to talk about. But in this particular conversation, he made the comment that he never had his first new car until he was 45 years old, and mm. he didn't expect that I would either. Interesting. Hmm. How did how'd you feel about that? Well, at the moment in time, I don't know that I really reacted any particular kind of way. Okay. But what I do remember is that it did fuel me, because at that time, I think I was probably working part-time at a little pizza place, but I hadn't really had any, you know, true success. I was just an hourly employee doing what I did, helping, you know, run shifts, do those kind of things. But 
I believe that I took it as fuel because I began to progress. In that particular job, it was my first one here in Louisiana, and I just kind of hung around. When they open a new store, you hire a bunch of people, and you kind of see who sticks. Well, I was one that stuck, and I would actually hang around after hours, come in early, and the manager there saw that. So he would teach me things. Man, come over here. Let me show you something. Show me how to count inventory, how to count, you know, beer kegs and, you know, all these different things that were kind of, you really had to learn what you were doing to know how to do it. He'd show me P&Ls. He'd show me labor numbers. And we'd talk about, have conversations about how that factored into the sales, number of people walking in the door, number of people working in the store, all these things. And because I showed some interest, I believe that it really brought, gave him the idea that, you know what, I can teach this kid something that can help me in the future. Mm-hmm. So I really appreciate that. I'd really consider him one of my earlier mentors for sure. But through that process, I was able to work up to a shift leader. And then when I turned 17, I got a, a spot as a salaried shift manager. Uh, actually, assistant manager was my title. And it really gave me the opportunity with a decent salary back in that day. Compared to today, it probably wasn't a whole lot. But at that point, you know, still living at home with mom, I could afford to go buy me a new car. Wow. So there that's you go. what I did. We went out, we looked. It was with the Giles Volvo down the road there, Giles Nissan and um, Volkswagen at the time. I'm sorry. And they specifically had this really pretty, deep brick red Volkswagen Rabbit GTI. And that was a sporty model. Yeah. I don't know that it really had any extra power as I think about it now, but it was a peppy little four-cylinder, great little car. I loved it, you know, but I went in there and we got it. It was a pretty high car note for that time. I know the insurance probably wasn't cheap because it was kind of considered a sportier car, but mom helped me with that, but I paid the car note. And that was my step into that world. And I think the fuel came from that conversation with my stepdad. He's like, you know what? Who are you to tell me what I can't do? Sure. I'm going to turn around and go and do this. And many times throughout my life, I can think of situations where it was like, you know, oh, that's just something. Oh, we don't do it that way. or We can't do it like that. And many times I've thought, okay, how can I? And I've kind of used those three words also to kind of move me forward in different areas of my life as well. Yeah. I'm reminded of Walt Disney who once said, it's kind of fun to do the impossible. <laughs> Absolutely, and, it is. And so uh, th- those are times when, when somebody says, oh, you, that can't be done. Somebody else has already tried to do it. Mm-hmm. Doesn't that just really motivate you a little bit harder, a little bit more? It does. It, it, yeah. it really lights the fire for my internal motivation, for sure. That's very good. Well, on the flip side of that coin, Wolf, you know, you looked at, we looked at, uh, you know, what did you learn early in life? But as you reflect on your life and, and where you're at now and the lessons and, and in hindsight, what do you wish that you had learned earlier in life? Hmm. Actually, two come to mind, Scott. But just for you, I'll narrow it down to one, what I think is the more important of the two. And I would really probably narrow down to communication. Hmm. Okay. <clears throat> and the reason I say communication, and I'm going to... Re- I'm going to narrow that focus even more is communication in your relationship. And I'm okay. going to be very specific in your marriage. Please, you know, yeah. in your, you know, with your fiance, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever it is, is learn how to communicate with that other person, particularly if you have established that this is the person that I want to be with the rest of my life. And you have to be able to communicate with them effectively. As we talk about, not everybody's a salesperson, 
but we all sell things, right? We sell ideas, yep. we sell our thoughts, our beliefs, our, you know, anything in life, we're trying to sell something to somebody. You know, obviously, I sold my beloved Julie to marry me 27 years ago, <laughs> and she's actually stuck with me the whole time. She's still there. She is. Trucking along. <clears throat> but if I could go back in time, I wish I would have learned more about communication, specifically in my relationship with her, because I know I could have done a much better job early on. Because as we, you know, going back to working, and once I met her, and, you know, we were both working, I put a lot of time and energy and effort into my job and career, because as a man, I thought that's what I'm supposed to do, go earn the money bring home the bacon, and then, you know, she kind of took care of the rest. And I really put too much focus on that because I didn't put enough focus at home. Once we had children, Amber came along first, and then there was Ryan. I'm not going to say I neglected them, but I will say that for many years, work was the priority. Hey, I've got to earn a living. I've got to stay late and do this and get this done. Maybe we'll make a bonus this month. Boom, 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 all these little things. And had I been able to more effectively communicate that with her, and you know, actually, as I'm saying that, I'm kind of thinking too, it's almost a bit more of a priority and time management that kind of fits into there too. But I think communication just in life in general is is a big deal. Because as I'd hire employees, as you're dealing with other employees, you know, teams of people working in a restaurant trying to get the food out or take care of the clients, being able to communicate them the visions and goals, do it effectively in a high stress environment, things are going crazy, everybody's busy Mm -hmm. running crazy you got to be able to have good communication skills to make things happen. And I think that that would really probably be the top one for sure, sure when I, if you want me to narrow it down to one. God, you're a hard interviewer, man. Man, I'm sorry. God, dog. I know. Uh, <laughs> would you say, you know, and I'm thinking a little bit more about this. I want to flesh that out a little bit because I think of connection. Yes, you know, right. It, it is. It, I mean, everybody communicates Absolutely. on some level, but not everyone's able to, to communicate in a way that makes a connection. True. So where Agreed. where do you, where do you find and you, you think a little bit more back on that ex, that maybe that lack of experience or learning things the hard way with communication? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. At what point do you feel like you're communicating and making connection? What do you think is the the secret sauce in making connection really happen mm-hmm. through communication? Mm-hmm. You weren't ready for that one. Wow, that's deep, Scott. Oh, uh, yeah. We just kind of jumped it. off a cliff here. We just we yeah, did. We're free falling. <laughs> we went on Tom Petty on that one, man. Wow, to really make the connection, I think, you know, being honest, being authentic, and I think third piece, speaking from the heart. You know, I think mm. that we, we all have beliefs. You know, maybe they were kind of ground in us early on. You know, they say that first seven years of life is when you kind of get most of all your, you know, beliefs and philosophy, so to speak. But I think you can definitely are influenced a lot more afterwards, different influences and, you know, different people and things in your life. But I would really think, you know, speaking from the heart, the authenticity part, Mm -hmm. so that people really understand, you know, where you're coming from with it. Because something I learned much later is in any kind of communication, when you want to connect with someone, using the words always or never are very dangerous. Absolutely. Very dangerous. To tell anybody that you always do this. Right. Okay. Can you prove that to me? Sure. You know, always? always? Yeah. You know, or you never put up the dishes. Never? But wait, I'm listening. I'm remembering. <laughs> I did it just last week. I remember specifically. You know, maybe yes. not the three weeks before that, but that week I did. <laughs> so yes. I think that's part of being really careful with your words you're using. Sure. You know, as we know, words are powerful. Yes. You know, um, and I think that that really makes the biggest difference. And it takes some learning, it takes some effort, it really takes, you know, in many cases, 
you know, I can say counseling or, um, you know, research and educating yourself on, you know, how to effectively communicate with other people, specifically with your spouses, because there's a right way and a wrong way. You know, many people in the sales industry, we talk about, you know, reflecting back what we heard from someone. Mm -hmm. Well, in a relationship, you know, it's not a, a tactic, but I think it's a skill you develop because it does help other people really know that you're listening to them. If you can reflect it back to them, okay, well, here's what I heard you say, boom, boom, boom. Is that correct? Because I really want to understand this. And then you kind of move from there because I think that's really, really important. But I think in many relationships, I can speak to mine. Early on, as much as we had a lot of connection and, and we really did love each other, in different areas, we kind of were in different states and almost going different directions. Hmm. You know, I think about financially, you know, I was more the conservative one. Julie kind of was a little more of a spender, but not significantly, but, you know, because she was, you know, helping take care of the kids in the household and this and that. But I think we weren't able to, you know, move effectively in the financial realm simply because I didn't communicate effectively how here's what I think we should be doing. Here's the reasons why I think we should be doing it. And if we do this, I believe we'll be over here. Mm -hmm. And neither did I sit there. And as we know, questions are powerful versus sitting there and telling people what you want them to do. Ask questions to get them to buy into your thoughts. And I think that's another effective communication tactic to, you know, really, again, build that connection. So because it's, it's, you know, that's part and that goes into another topic I love to talk about is leadership. The more you know about someone... And the more you can empathize with them, the better connection you're going to have. Sure. Well, that was good. I feel like I cheated a little bit because that wasn't the third question, but it was so good because <laughs> I like because I think I think that that well, that is one of the things, and I think of this this postmodern I don't or if we're in postmodern society, but 21st century society, mm-hmm. where you know we do we do the Facebook you know and the Insta tweet and all the all the things that are out there. You know, do we actually have connection with people? And so that's, and I would agree uh, that no, we don't. You're shaking your head. So, uh, so I just wanted to hear a little bit more about connection. I think that was really, really good stuff. The third question here uh, is, and, and I've known you for a while, and and I I kind of know the answer to this, but I want I want other people to hear because again, you go to our website, and you, you you hear or you read. And we're just a couple of average guys. We've learned some things along the way, and we're committed to not only elevating ourselves but elevating other people uh, around us. And I know Absolutely. for myself, move, you know, helping mm-hmm. folks move the needle on their professional and personal lives. But what what do you think for yourself fuels your primary sense of passion, purpose, or fulfillment? Hmm. Wow, that's a big topic these days, huh? Yeah, I really. Think if, is if you look in the self help area or any kind of coaching and that kind of uh, stuff online. You hear all kind of things about passion and purpose. Right. And, you know, I've read a lot and really thought a lot about that over the years. And as I look and try to dig in and find mine, I really kind of look back and try to think back to what did I do in life, in my career, where I was truly enjoying every moment of what I did? Mm. Number one. Number two was, did I enjoy the outcome of what we were doing? And I said this, it's developed into a little different conversation now, but back in the day when I was in the restaurant business, you know, toward the end and, you know, I was there for about 23, 24 years, the thing that really drove me, that gave me some real motivation to keep going on was when I could see some younger kid come in, they showed a little interest, 
man, what are you doing? Show me what you're doing over there. You know, whether it was just counting inventory, much like I just mentioned about my mentor, you know, back in the pizza business showed me a lot of stuff. When someone showed some interest and I could show them something and they kind of worked with it and they developed and grew and you could see somebody that wanted something to better themselves, working with those people was very, very satisfying and fulfilling. Mm. And at that point, it was kind of, you know, the training and teaching part of the restaurant business is what I really liked. So, you know, and, and many times we hired experienced, you know, adults and managers where they would come in and we'd teach them the business. And they would learn and move on and go run their own restaurants. But the ones that I really, really enjoyed were the ones that kind of came up in the ranks a little bit mm. because they were learning and growing as they went. Many of the managers that would come in may have had some experience in management, but then they're moving into the restaurant business. We teach them the restaurant business. They go on and do very well because they had kind of the basic skill set. But seeing someone learn and move up that, and another little piece of that I'll kind of tie back to my other conversation about communication. I got to the point where I told everybody, you know, when it comes to, I can train a monkey on how to run a restaurant. Because honestly, the management of it is checklists and temperatures and, and doing all these tasks, keeping things clean and moving orderly. But to be a good, solid restaurant leader, you had to be able to communicate with people and get them to do things effectively and efficiently, keeping the employees happy and doing what they're supposed to do in the back of the house and having the servers and the customer-focused people in the front of the house taking care of the guests the right way. So they had a good experience wanting to come back and see us. Sure. That was the big challenge, but that was the most fulfilling part. And today I moved that into the training and the leadership part and teaching people how to get more out of their lives. Because I firmly believe now after 51 years, we have so much more potential inside of us that we that we don't even recognize because we've been beat down by the world or so many people tell us you can't do that, you can't do this, or that won't work, and blah, blah, blah. Who in the heck are these people? You know? <laughs> Ever heard the comment, well, they say you, that can't be done. Yeah, I want to find out who they Who's is. they? Who Who's are they? they? What you committee know? is that on? We don't care about they. What I care about is what I can do. Right. You know, and then that's where I develop how can I try to teach that to my kids and people that I know. Because it really changes your life and your mindset when you can think that way versus thinking from a place of lack or thinking from a place of abundance. Sure. Man, I'm going to tell you what. If you could train a monkey to do that, I want to go to that that <laughs> restaurant. I think that would be something else. Put the Rainforest Cafe I mean, just to, to shame. So Hey, people skills are important, buddy. That's right. Soft skills are for everybody, even the primates. Well, that was three. <laughs> that was three questions. With uh, Richard Wolf of Maximize You, man. Thank you so much for that insight. I think we can take uh, and, and le- really learn about fuel, drive, passion, but also that piece on uh, communications and connection. I think we can all take that to heart. So I appreciate that insight. And uh, for those that are listening, leave us a comment below. Let us know what your passions are. Let us know what you wish you had learned earlier in life that you think might have helped you out along the way things that we can learn and draw upon. So this is a community. We're here to help each other out. So for Richard Wolf, this is The Captain signing out. Thank you for tuning in to Maximize You, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you, Scott.